Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. I'm Jonathan. I'm Roland. I'm Tony. So, have you guys had time to play Dwarf Fortress the last couple weeks? I, unfortunately, have had very little time to dedicate to fortressing. Not really. I just let it idle along, but nothing really special happened, sadly. I am always afraid that if I'm not watching every second, that I'm wasting time, that that the time that, that, I sh- that I'm just letting them be idle and doing what they want to do is time that should have been spent preparing for the next challenge that I know is going to be coming. Mm, I mean, sure, but if you have set up a few traps and you just want to make drinks or you know that it's basically summer and all your dwarves are doing is either hauling stuff or planting stuff or brewing stuff, then you don't really have to have an eye on them. And uh, especially if something really bad happens, it still pauses the game. So usually I just open up Dwarf Fortress in the background and do something else. Like I do my homework, I chat with people and Dwarf Fortress is running in the background and every 10 minutes I check up on it. Um, So it works great, but you lose a bit of time because when I see a certain YouTuber like uh, make massive fortresses in maybe two in-game years and I'm like maybe six years into it and I haven't even done half of the stuff I wanted to do. Okay, yeah. I don't know that I ever feel that my fortress preparation, the groundwork is finished. I feel like I am constantly starting my fortress and I'm never running my fortress. Yeah, there's a threshold that you definitely have to cross. And it's not an often crossed threshold, I think, because I've had the same problems where sometimes I'm like, I get things going and then, ah, crap, I forgot to you know build a bridge here and now the undead have killed me oh shoot i've dug too deep and now the circus has come to town or you know it's like there's those kind of things that happen then once you hit a certain threshold it's like oh yeah okay cool now oh shoot now i've got to do this and you know it's like it becomes the challenges start becoming a little bit different than just you know like oh is there a hospital is there enough coffins to bury my accident that i just caused you know like you, you just, i feel like you just sort of cross your threshold and then suddenly you're you're you've moved from establishing to running but maybe maybe that's all just part of establishing i don't know yeah so i guess what i'm saying is i don't really know <laughs> <laughs> it's probably similar to whenever i first started playing i had so much analysis paralysis that uh that i didn't want to you know enter a cavern because i was afraid of forgotten beasts and i just would never do anything you know the worst thing that's going to happen is what's going to happen to your fortress eventually anyway hey man speak for yourself <laughs> i should just let it spin <laughs> yeah i don't know i get um i'd say maybe one out of every 10 or 15 <laughs> of mine kind of starts doing something great maybe even fewer than that from my experience, like I've had these times when I'm like, oh man, I don't want to start a whole other fortress and get it all the way back to where it just was. Uh, it seems really time consuming. Uh, and then, you know, maybe I take a break for a couple of weeks and then I come back to it and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I got this. I, I, I'm going to do this again. That's what it is for me. It's kind of like a start and stop kind of cycle. And yeah. then once one starts going really well, I, I'll like dig into it. <laughs> no pun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel that, uh, Tony. Um, I usually do the same. So 
sometimes I get a really strong, intense need to play Dwarf Fortress. So I sit somewhere and I'm like, yeah, some dwarves right now would be great, right? And, and then I usually play a new fortress because I've forgotten about the old one completely and I completely forgot what I was doing, so I just start a new one. And then I play for a while, maybe even a few weeks. Then it slows a bit down, you know? The, the awesomeness of the game is still there, but I mean, I've te I usually test out something like a new mineshaft or how do minecarts work, which I haven't figured out still. But hey, <laughs> but like a new uh, I don't know entrance or... Hmm? I just I was just gonna say I don't know that I've tried messing with Minecraft since we had uh, Nate on Nate sorry and you called it Minecraft man <laughs> did man, I call it Minecraft man. just now you called it yeah Minecraft. you called it Minecraft yeah dude oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah uh. I'm with you I, I I feel the same way like uh, or then something will happen like in my current fort which I'm super stoked about we did a raid of the local necromancer tower and came back with a necromancer book and then slowly over the course of a couple of years almost everyone becomes a necromancer oh your fortress too that's sweet yeah so like almost the whole fort is necromancers and now they're making um now they're writing their own necromancer books and people nice. are just cruising around with them so there's like stacks of necromancer books now so i think we're the tower maybe i don't know <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Oh, oh, so we're the Necromancer Tower now. Oh, okay, so that's how it works. So, Tony, tell us about your naked divorcee elf. I urge everybody to do this at some point, but just pause the game at, at random points and then just look around through the fortress and then you'll see, like, some random dwarf somewhere or elf or, or whatever it is um and then i you know i just start looking at them and figuring out who what's who these creatures are and so i did that and i saw that there was an elf who is a citizen of my fort um sitting in the alcohol stockpile i was like what is this all about so i click on the elf and and um and the elf is basically sitting naked in the alcohol stockpile clutching only a book that he wrote himself journaling all about his divorce um and let's see yeah, <laughs> i think i saved a photo of it but it was hilarious it was just like you know he's sitting in the fort um the prose is like an unhinged rant and very sloppily written and i was like yeah of course it was you know it's just it's just that kind of hilarious stuff that floors me I don't know. So, and, and I feel like you don't find that unless you kind of pause the game because, like, where's that guy now? I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he died. Who, who knows? It's, so, it's, sometimes it's just like a moment of time thing. And it's just like, I never would have found it if I wouldn't have just hopped around randomly looking for weird stuff in my fort, which is, I think, part of the joy of the game. Was it a citizen? Yeah, he he lived he lived in the fort. He'd moved he'd moved in. I mean, I'm a, I'm all about diversity forts. Like anybody who wants to come live in the fort, you're welcome. Come on, we got room for you. <laughs> yeah, as a citizen, I don't know what happened to him now. Though I don't, I don't see him. So either he left or 
life just got too tough for him. Who knows, really? It's one of the mysteries of the fortress. Something like that happens, I will have to give that that uh, person a nickname. Oh, that would have been a good idea. And, uh, and that way they will become a historical figure. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I should have done that. I, I guess I didn't think he would just be gone. I was like, oh, I'll follow this knucklehead around forever. But now I don't see him. So what are you going to do? One thing I did learn about this fort is necromancers don't need to eat or drink. So um, and they don't sleep. So they're sort of like vampires without needing to drink blood, um, which is awesome. Yeah, just one thing. I'm not completely sure about this, but I think that necromancers have a slight bug because if you have a necromancer performer or tavern keep, it doesn't seem to work. They don't seem to serve any food or drinks, which is bad because then the others will also not drink uh, alcohol and thus get slow and moody. I'm not completely sure if I'm right, but all my experiments seem to be going in that direction. Oh, you know what? I'm going to assign a different non-necromancer to be my tavern keeper. Let's see what happens there. Uh, oh, I had my first official religion started in this temple or in this fortress as well. And the leader of the religion is called Sacred Tummy. <laughs> Sacred Tummy? <laughs> Which is just amazing. Wait, so... It- the religion started in your fort. Well, I don't yeah. know if the religion started in my fort, but they started, they asked for a temple and they're a cult called the Spicy Creed. And the the leader of it is called, he's called a sacred tummy. So he's the sacred tummy of the Spicy Creed, which is pretty rad. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, that's hilarious. That is just really, really funny. Um, so thanks for that, Tony. That, that's, that's a laugh. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if it started in mine, and I haven't jumped to... Oh, and I've been having problems getting Legends to work. Like, it just keeps crashing. Like, it just absolutely won't load at all in this new version of whatever. So I can't I can't go back and look in the Legends and see what's going on. It just, it's it's dead. So, so, Roland, as if to take your advice, I actually just pulled up my fortress that I've working, but most recently been working on and just told a bunch of dwarves to smooth all the floors in my bedroom complex that i'm building so while we're doing our uh our our chat here my dwarves are going to be busily working away and and smoothing floors for the new bedrooms that's good you need to keep them, mm-hmm. keep them busy mm-hmm. were you did you not use bedrooms before or what no you, i did i did no the, the bedrooms are new because it's a fairly new fortress and uh and i just got an influx of dwarves so i had to build about 20 more bedrooms for them i try to keep ahead but uh, I don't always necessarily keep ahead on the number of bedrooms for my dwarves. This is very exciting. I just I just received a petition for another temple and priest. That's very very exciting. Second <laughs> time that's happened. It's, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a, it kind of adds to the the joy, doesn't it? It's fun to see what happens. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask about the priest. Um, not sure if it fits right now, but. I'm interested in it because I haven't had a priest yet. And uh, do you actually see him in the temple praying to others? And like, what's it called? Giving a sermon? Yeah, let's look and see. Um, Let me find this guy. Let me see what he's up to. I'm going to go track him down. See if I can get on his calendar here and see what's up. 
no, right now he's brewing a drink from a plant. So doesn't need to do that because we've got loads already. Interesting. Okay, I have found a danger about running a fortress while we're doing the podcast is that I stop paying attention to the podcast and start trying to figure <laughs> out why my why my presser is worshiping so much that he's letting himself get dehydrated. <laughs> yes. Yes, I fear that. I, I used to play um, while the podcast runs, so I would calm down a bit. Um, but it takes so much from your attention. Um, kind of kind of annoying. Um, but it's fine. If you can manage, you can manage. I'm not going to judge. I've got a few things that I would love to talk about. Um, in Let's go for it. maybe mechanics mode. So... I'm still trying to learn how conditions work. Um, and, and by that, I mean, when you have a manager and you put an order in, like, for example, I have this one for brewing drinks. And I think I've got like 4,500 drinks being brewed. And this dude's still chilling here making more. And I thought that I had set it up to say, if, if there's only five drinks left, then you need to start brewing again. But I guess maybe I've done the opposite because now we've just got more alcohol than the necromancer fort needs, um, which is which is really interesting. So I'm trying to figure that out. So if anybody has any thoughts about how to do what I want to do, which is when we're five or below, start making again. But if we've got more than five, leave it. I thought that I had it. Clearly, I don't. Well, haha. <laughs> I think you just found out one of my secret weak spots. Uh, yeah, I usually use the manager, but the conditions, I, I, I don't know. Um, but I don't get it. I try to, to do the same, like, um, okay, I don't want like 10,000 drinks. Please just make sure that we have always 100 different drinks. But, well, they, either they go way above that number and stay at like 200 or more, and I have to stop them because they won't stop brewing, or it just runs dry and they, then they still do nothing. So I'm not really sure what I'm doing wrong, but sadly, I also can't tell you how to do it correctly. <laughs> there we are. Okay. Good. Yeah, because I, I have it set, and I don't really, I guess I don't really understand, because I've got it set, and it says, um, you know, I've told them to brew 20 drinks um, if the amount of items available is less than 100, and then it says not satisfied for next check, but then here he is brewing. So I'm like, buddy, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you here, sacred tummy? Uh <laughs> yeah, I, that I don't get. It's it's a mystery. Okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me. I use the uh, the manager occasionally, but mostly I still you do the micromanaging thing and assign my jobs to my dwarves. I like to build two craft dwarf shops, put them by a giant stone pile, and just have them make stone crafts over and over again on repeat. And they get really good at it, and they start making nice, really valuable commodities that 
that and whenever the trade caravans, whether they're elves or or dwarves or humans, I just tell it to just trade all the crafts. I stockpile them right beside the uh, the uh, trade depot, and it gives me all the money that I need for trading. Really, so I don't use the I don't use the the manager for trade goods. So, but that does give me the ability to to pay a little more attention to the individual shops and what I'm needing at the moment. Well, and I know that there's the DF Hack workflow manager, the Alt W or whatever, which I used to use a lot, but I was trying to figure out how to do it in-game properly. Um, is that different than the automatic work assignment? It's the where you click on whatever it is and you do Alt-W and then follow it through. But I know that's DF hack kind of thing. So I'm like, okay, I, I can use that. But I was thinking it would be fun to use the stuff that was built in, but maybe that exists because people had problems with the built-in stuff. I don't know. I'll have to check that out. Alt-W just at any point. When you're in the yeah, game. so when they're busy doing something, you just hit Alt W, and then it'll say workflow constraints, and then you can add a limit of how many you want, and they'll make about that many. So this it is, could be that that was that was added because the stuff wasn't quite working. So is this yeah, one having workshops pulled up? It could be that I just found a wonderful thread about this very question: how to make useful functional orders um i can just give you the link if you want yeah put it in, put it in our discord and maybe we could put it in the comments i did google for this and i have read a bunch of stuff but it just didn't click somehow so, so um fully automated bee industry we shall dive into that because i do like bees uh, I, I think i get it i'm not sure if i can explain it correctly but i will try for the for the bee thing you basically need of course hives but that's a different story but you need a screw press a still to make mead and you also get wax so you need a craft a crafts dwarf workshop um to make wax crafts so and now i think it's for the manager so you go into the manager and tell him to press honey from honeycomb one time and uh, then you go under um you go into the details and restrictions i think it's called c like conditions and then you tell him restarts if completed conditions check daily and you can also tell amount non-pressed honeycomb press mat, which is a confusing word, but that's basically a unpressed honeycomb that is fresh out of the hive. Um, it, available is at least one. So he checks daily if there is at least one not pressed honeycomb. And if there's one, and also amount of liquid container available is at least one and if you have one unpressed honeycomb and one uh, jug then he will order somebody to use the screw press to press a single honeycomb and he checks that daily i understood what you said i was following along actually in uh, in my manager screen with basically what you were saying but mm -hmm. And the next thing is at the still, where you make mead out of the honey. So 
You again tell him to make a meat, just one. It seems to 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 work the best if you just do one batch, because if you make a larger batch, then you might fail at a single item. For example, if you tell him that you want uh, 10 honeycombs pressed at once, then it's a larger order, which would go quicker. But imagine he only has nine, so he would wait a whole day basically, um, to check again. And then maybe you have 12 or 15 and he wouldn't press those. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit hard on the visuals. Um, but hey, uh, I mean, this is a fortress where you're all accustomed to it. Somebody um, this. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, you want to make meat and you tell him, check this condition daily, please. All we want is a single honey containing item, which is the jug, which has honey in it, which we filled earlier, and one empty food storage item to fill the meat into, which would be, for example, a uh, barrel or a large pot. And he has, if the system sees that he has both, then he will send somebody to make mead but but yeah uh the conditionals is something that uh, probably would help me manage my forts better if i could figure them out and it, it sounds like it harder, i just need to, sure. to think about it what's that it won't make it more difficult that's for sure <laughs> um yeah the other so i have i've come with other wonderful questions um cool. Do you guys have any good strategies or um, ideas about how to keep people from stealing your artifacts? Because it's this is just like this fort particularly. I've got multiple plots and lots of people trying to do stuff, and you know, and like I, I've caught people stealing, which is cool, um, and I've put them in prison. But then you know, and I have tons of like plots happening right now, and I've got so and so is compelled to move to the fort and steal our stuff. Um, so I think for obvious reasons now, since we have all tons and tons of necromancer books, everybody's trying to get in and steal the stuff. Like what, what techniques do you guys have for keeping it out? And I can say like right now for my library, I've got one library, which is where all the good books are, but that's for residents only. And then I've got like a visitor library, which doesn't have bookshelves. Um, and it's just kind of where the scholars are like copying stuff. So people can visit that one, bring books and chat and I don't know, do whatever they do. There's a lot of people hanging out in there. Um, but they like visitors can't get into my library. And then I thought it would be fun to put like artifacts inside that library where non-visitors could come to. But then basically they just play the waiting game. They get admitted as citizens to the fort and then they try to steal the stuff. Um, so I'm I'm still kind of experimenting i guess i'd say with anti-theft yeah um uh Jan, do you want to go first oh i was just gonna say or... that i tend to just let them take the artifacts no <gasps> go away <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, no, that, that, that's, I don't that's tend not... to display them that much. I don't tend to display my artifacts that much. My main museum that I have right now that I'm working with is actually inside the Farmer's Guild Hall. 
and they seem to really enjoy the fact that I have put most of the artifacts from the fortress in their guild on pedestals. But uh, a lot of times my artifacts just end up in a stockpile. <laughs> and I think that sometimes they just get picked off and I don't notice. Yeah, they, they'll steal from anywhere. I mean, I started putting them in display places well, because I found that they were so steely. Um, well, then they have to, then they're, uh, to, of course, if they're a thief, they don't care, but they're having unauthorized entry into my farmer's guild because you have to be in the guild to get into that room. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Put yeah. it in a room that's less, that, you know, it certainly reduces the chance that people can get in. Oh, that's interesting. And the farmers are always in there, so. <laughs> the farmers are, yeah, they're sure as heck not farming. <laughs> well, they go farm, but but they spend their spare time in their guild hall. Fair enough. Which is actually a lot, yeah. That's great. Which is a little isolating, you know? It, that could be the beginning of uh, of political, uh, you know, dissension between different parts of my fortress. Yeah, nice. I had somebody that was, that was um, brought in to, like to sow discontent and stage a, like an overthrow. That was one of the plots that was hatched, which I thought was kind of hilarious. You jerks. You're trying to overthrow me? I don't think so. I'll throw you all the magma before I let this fort go down. I bring forward my farmer's guild hall and actually right now there's nobody in it, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. How do I do that? Well, um, I'm still trying out things, so I'm not like a hundred percent certain how to how to make sure that your artifacts are safe but it seems the best way to make sure that your artifacts are safe is don't let anybody even get into your fortress um that's 100 percent safe actually well that's no fun uh, <laughs> yeah that's that's not fun um other things that i tried was um the I'm locking everything in a single room, so nobody can get into that, as well as they wrote, I'm putting everything into my tavern so that everybody can see it, and if somebody were to steal it, then everybody would go like, hey, what you doing there? Um, so, did it work? No, absolutely not. Um, the 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 thing with the locked doors where i just i made a room like like an actual museum uh put all the pedestrians with all the artifacts in there and then just locked the doors every time uh when i had no artifacts or nothing to add to the room um but sadly i once forgot to do that and they stole an artifact. So even though it was like uh, very secluded, very secure, I even uh, stationed my military at some point in front of it and inside of it, just to make sure that the one holder that hold an artifact sock in there would, you know, hold it in there, and then we could just lock the room again without anybody in it. Uh, yeah didn't work um but it seems that making sure that your artifacts are always watched is a really good alternative hmm. um so put your I, I put my artifacts uh in the tavern like um right in front of them 
right in front of my dwarves so that there's always somebody in my tavern, you know? And my tavern isn't big, so even if there's just one dwarf in there, he can easily see the artifact. Um, so one time an elf came in, tried to steal it, and my dwarf went like, oh, hey, hey, stop it, you. Uh, w w would you not? <laughs> and ran to my police officer. And that guy was like, oh, no, that's that's discontent. And I, I didn't even need to interrogate uh, anybody because I just saw exactly who stole the artifact. And I sent my military out and clobbered him to death uh, and got my, my artifact back. So that was great. And the other times, they didn't even try to steal artifacts out of my tavern because it was just too full of dwarves and too busy. So it seems that putting artifacts on pedestals in busy places it should be the best. Cool. So especially where dwarves tend to flock to, not just go along and hey you know you also get the advantage of having them be there on display so that your dwarves can get good thoughts from them As, yeah yeah see yeah. it's it's great um, i like that idea so of just... lining the tavern walls with artifacts i like that so i've yeah. got a theory that i'm trying right now which is i'm gonna make a like a little room off my tavern and i'm gonna put windows in and then I'm going to put display pedestals behind the windows and I'm going to seal it off. And then every time we get a new artifact, they can tear down the wall, display the new artifact and then run out. So I'm hoping they'll be able to see them, but no one can actually mm. get to them. That's my theory. Um, that's going to work. Yeah. Sad thing is windows are actually not see-through. Oh, come on. That's harsh. <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird, right? You, you would imagine a window actually being, you know, see-through. But they're apparently not. Um, you have to make either bars or what's it called fortifications. Oh, yeah, fortifications. So you're saying all the effort that I've gone to to create the parallax and make the clear glass. Not going to help me. Okay. No, not really. I mean, they will <laughs> like the clear glass, but they won't see the artifacts behind it because uh, they're apparently very short-sighted or something. That's very, very unfortunate. Oh, well, it was a fun idea. The other thing I can't seem to get work is the damned archers, stupid things. I've got like, I've built archer towers and then I can station the archers up there and there's like an undead siege walking by and the archers just stand there. And then if I tell the archers to attack, then of course they run out of the fortress and then bash them with the crossbows. Even though they have ammos and quivers full of it, it's, they're, no, they're not happy. I'm just like, is this totally bugs or am I just dumb? Or is there a combination of the two? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, archers are weird. Sometimes I get them to work and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just set up like a target and they will flock to that target. Another fortress, I make a target, nobody cares. So, yeah, I what? feel like Krug Smash taunts us because I feel like in every single one of his videos, he's like, I'm gonna have the archers and they're gonna do archers. And I'm like, that sounds cool. Um, and then, of course, I try it and the archers don't do anything. And I'm like, How, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> yeah, like, let's can we yeah. talk about this. And I noticed in the last video of his that I watched, they he had a great idea, and that's 
whenever you have the you have a chasm between where your archers are going to stand and where the bad guys are going to be coming in so that they can't actually go up to them and try to hit them with their crossbows they can only shoot across the chasm of course that does mean that you have to do a whole lot of planning and a lot of you know civil engineer or uh industrial engineering to work to, engineering. to make sure everything works right <laughs> everything's yeah so i don't know yeah and i feel like i've got a lot of other stuff like i've got ballistas working and i've you know i've got all these other things going but like good grief man the archers they don't care <laughs> well they'll they'll go to they'll they'll just do whatever they want it's insane oh um, yeah yeah, I've I've just noticed that the higher the skill, the more they actually work. So new archers are terrible at even the most basic functions. Very good archers are actually very good archers. Simple as that. So, but do you uh, ever get them to practice properly? Because that's where I'm like, why will you guys not even practice? I built you a nice little archery range here. I need you to go and get better. And they seem to yeah. be kind of like, eh. <laughs> it's, it's very, like, fickle. And you have to make sure. I, it's like micromanaging a lot. You have to micromanage a lot. You have to make sure that always are bolts somewhere. And they can get to the bolts. They have enough equipment. It's really a lot to do just to get your dwarves to like shoot a single bolt somewhere but if you have it set up enough then it actually works so yes i got sometimes i got my archers to actually train so much that they became good archers it's amazing i had a legendary archer a legendary crossbow dwarf i mean in my fortress i was amazed by that amazed i gave him admantine equipment like complete admantine equipment and if i say complete i also mean the flask and the backpack the thing is i saw it somewhere on the reddit that um a target is only supposed to be one uh tile wide so a a target rain is how do I call it? Like it's one tile wide. It shouldn't be like a whole room. Yes, exactly. Um, so if you have four uh, archery targets, then you don't designate like a single target and spread it over the whole room because that won't work. Uh, sometimes you get balls to train. Sometimes you don't. And I know that. We're stuck in this archery thing again, but let's do this again. Um, I'm determined <laughs> to make this archery thing work. I really am. Like, I know it's possible. I'm going to reuse There's the archery load. picture that I used in like episode 12. <laughs> I mean, we have to make an, an, an uh, like a count on how many times we are going to talk about archery. I think we're at five now. <laughs> I keep I bring it up um, because I keep trying new things. And I'm like, oh, this time it's going to work. And then, it, by gosh, if it doesn't work again. Um, yeah, well, anyway. yeah, you're just um, a single tile wide, uh, wide uh, several tiles long, and um, one archery target per designated archery range. And, like, they have 
to stand directly in front of the target in order to train. And if they have the possibility of standing like too too far left or too far right, they will do that instead because there's stupid wall. All right, more fun to come there. Let's let's hit on the um, on the dev notes real quick. The fact that uh, yes, yes, yeah. All right. So, did everyone see the neat little picture of the windmill in motion? Oh yeah, it's very cute. It's very cute. It, um, it definitely reminds and... me of of Lords of the Realm back in the nineties. <laughs> Pretty stoked. Uh, uh, I'm, I, I think they've done some really amazing work so far. And yeah, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I think it's going to be super fun. Yeah, uh, for the for the windmill, I actually got to show this to my mom. And even she got what she was seeing. Like, she saw that it was supposed to be a windmill from the top. And I think this this is good. <laughs> this is good. This is the way it should be. Um, but have you seen the tree shadows? Yeah, that's cool too. Because, I mean, the machine, machinery is fine. It looks neat. It works. It did it, this it things. It's a gif. It's like easy on the eyes, you know. But the tree shadows... Oh my god, I do love the tree shadows because I know it's such a simple thing, but it's so beautiful because you now see that it's not just a tree stump, but you have an actual kind of shadow that you 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 know now. You know that there's an actual tree and ev- you have even overlapping shadows. <laughs> like, mmm, okay. Yeah, I think it's, it's right. I'm I'm confident because I I'll say everybody that I tried to get to play this game, um, you know, looks at it and just is just like that seems ridiculous and I I don't even <laughs> I can't do this. This is foolish. Um, and it's like oh come on, you know, there's tile sets and people are just like saw the saw the ASCII, not interested. And I'm like, Rrr. um, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. that this will kind of bring everybody like start bringing people around to like oh well maybe i can play this game you know it doesn't seem so overwhelming but um but yeah i mean it's definitely you know i know there's always this like graphics new graphics contingent out there and i'm just kind of like play it how you want if there's options for graphics enjoy that and if you love figuring out what a one-fourth is awesome you can do that um you know it's like that it's cool just make it more accessible and i think that's what this will do so i'm stoked it's really cool yeah, and um, um, I'm not sure if I'm right here, but I think I remember him wanting to also overhaul the UI. Oh, certainly. Uh, so that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been a yeah, that's been a yeah. want to for for ten years. Yeah, <laughs> ten years. Um, well, maybe he's actually doing it right now. There are inconsistencies for sure, and it would be neat to see that fixed. If you listen to the old Dwarf Fortress Talk episodes from 2010, 
uh, yeah, they are talking even then about needing to overhaul the user interface. Uh, but <laughs> but it, then as as has up till recently, he always wanted to spend his time working on game mechanics rather than the UI. Which you know that's that's why the game's so cool. But yeah, uh, it's also it why is. the game cool. is inaccessible until you figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there are things like uh, that, that would definitely do with little optimization, like building, you know, ballista arrows or whatever. I mean, it would be really neat to have that kind of made more homogenous or the, or the, or some of the stuff like, um, you know, how do you like make it easier to go pick stuff up that's outside? Like you can, you can tell them to do that, but it sure as heck isn't easy. And then there's this whole like, designate and then i've just been starting to play around with this where you can designate an area where you want to dump everything there and then i mean it's just like it's been it's it's certainly confusing i'll say that (laughs) we talked you know on april 1st that um that it might be an april fool's joke about improving the ui (laughs) well the may 1st report the mission status uh, presented by Threeto is: despite all the suffering, you, we, and all are moving forward toward a degree of excellence the world will remember. It is not only the present efforts to bring a wider audience with a kinder UI and representation; it is the promise of the future. There will be a future for all of us. You have seen this, and your contributions make this possible. Congratulations to the generous Threeto. Right. UI. Well, okay. I also, right. I also know that uh, Tony was talking about the fact that now the UI is going to be overlaid over the images of the fortress and that it was surprisingly difficult to actually have the the fortress be in the background behind the UI window. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it needs a ton, but I think there are just things like it's it's DB. It's, it's that thing we designate, and then the option is... B, which set building slash item properties. Like, what the heck? And then it's like remove melt, remove dump, dump items. And it's just, it's super like opaque. So I, w- I would just be neat to see some. Isn't it obvious, you know, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, that BWL is going to build a still? Actually, surprisingly, not the most opaque part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like well, that one because we're used to it. workshop. Yeah. Build, it's, eh, get it. You yeah, know, like that one, that one doesn't seem as weird. It's just some of these yeah. like, or, or set order when you click O and then it's like current standing orders, dwarves gathering animals, dwarves mix food, dwarves harvest all dwarves. You're like what? <laughs> Come again. But yeah, there, there are just some things that are so confusing that I feel like I could get more out of it if I understood it. And, um, and well, yeah, I'm sure it, it's hard because, you know, it's, like the culmination of over a decade of ideas kind of piled into something. And, you know, I'm sure you're just like, I want to get this idea. Where do I put it? I don't know. Put it into this. You know, at some point, I I think a reckoning is due. And and it sounds like maybe that, but hey, whatever. Figuring it out, right? It's fun. Yep. It's certainly going to be a, uh, 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 an interesting change to the UI. It's going to be difficult. I'm sure to get all the functionality in with a user interface that is considered friendly. 
next inside. There we are. Okay. Um, the Bloodline Fortress. We want to talk every week about the progress that we've made on the Bloodline Fortress. Okay, I have created it. That. There is one Necromancer <laughs> Tower that is about two days from our uh, our fortress by uh, by Dwarffoot. It is called Shurastalus, or Wire Thins. Now, I'm really not sure what we can do with that. Wire Thins. It reminds me of a, you know, a, a dwarven snack. I think it's, um, I think it's paying an homage to somebody's desire to find adamantine and weave it into the threads and wafers. That's what I think that's all about. Oh yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Okay. We can go with that. The leader is someone who, uh, feels that necessary to create a fortress to seek out adamantine. Okay. That's exactly. You gotta weave those threads, man. So okay. down, 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 <laughs> I think is the first step. I got Are we just going like on these threads or also wafers? Well, I guess we gotta find the adamantine first. Yeah, that's step one, right? That's that's their first thing. Alright, so I have the entryway built and I have all of the stuff indoors. I have the basically the, the get everybody out of the rain uh, part done. It is, uh, I have barely even started it. I've been really busy the last couple of weeks, so I haven't spent hardly any time on it. But uh, I do think we should go ahead and use this one because it seems good enough. I'm going to go ahead and set the fortress basics and then I'm going to pass it off to one of you two. Um, I don't really know which one, which one of you gets it next. I think it had been Roland uh, who uh-huh. had been going after me. So I plan on I plan on trying to get this taken care of. Probably tomorrow evening is when I will finish off this uh, uh, my year and pass it on. So hopefully, I won't make too uh-huh. big of a mess that uh, that you have trouble cleaning up after me. Ah, uh, it's fine. It's gonna be good. Don't dig too deep. So, Wire Thins, a new bloodline fortress from Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. Coming to theaters near you. (laughs) Or not. not. (laughs) Coming to a shelter in place near you. (laughs) All right. Okay, so um, I think that, uh, that, that that should probably do it for today. Anybody else got anything pressing that they want to uh, want to talk about? Hey, let's do archery again. (laughs) um i had something i had something um yeah uh i don't know if we can fit it in here but i just wanted to rant about the happiness a bit (laughs) it seems better um why don't we save that for uh why don't we yeah yeah we'll put happiness rant as our main topic for next week oh oh, okay okay that's that's good so i can really uh, stretch it out exactly exactly great yeah so everyone be careful be safe don't catch any pandemic diseases and don't get the covids don't get the covids everyone try to play as much dwarf fortress as you can and still hold down your job if you're lucky enough to still have one (laughs) and i guess that'll do it perfect perfect thing to do while you're sheltering in place this (laughs) has been Episode 30. I didn't mention that. But this is episode 30 oh, of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. Three times ten episodes that we have come to you over the last year plus. So, 
pretty insane, actually. Party on. If you think about Damn. Everybody have a good weekend and upcoming week. And we'll catch you next time. All right. See you guys. See you guys next time. <laughs> see ya. Bye. This has been Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Please stop by and leave a comment or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. Music for this episode is from filmmusic.io. Sky Q. Ellen and Folk Round are both by Kevin McLeod. You can find more music from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at Bay12Games.com. If you'd like to help support Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, you can find us on Patreon. Links to all of these are in the show notes.